welcome back to another episode of the Burning Leaf Podcast. Myself, Russo, I got Tom, I got Thomas with me. Um, today, pretty packed episode. We got a lot that's happened um, in the past week. Flames, Leafs, and a lot of other news around the league. Uh, some positive, some negative. Uh, but I guess we'll start with a little bit of Flames talk. Last week, against the Winnipeg Jets, Johnny Gaudreau played his 500th NHL game. Not bad for a guy that was passed over 103 times in his draft year. Really just congrats to Johnny Gaudreau. He's been one of my favorites ever since he stepped into the league. Um, I still remember the first time I ever heard of him. I was over at Thomas's. Thomas's. I was playing like NHL 14, and we didn't even know who the dude was. He was dude was. He was just kind of small and roaming around there, going pretty fast. But um, ever since he stepped into the league, he's been a pretty unbelievable player. His 500th game was a goddamn great one. He had two points against the Jets. Um, but I'll ask, I guess I'll start. And I guess you guys probably won't have any favorite Johnny Gaudreau moments. But um, I know there was a lot of people, at least on Twitter, going over what was their favorite Johnny Gaudreau moment in his 500 games with the Flames. And for me, quite simply, it's probably that goal he scored against the Anaheim Ducks in Game 3 of the 2015 playoffs. Like That was a goal that got them back in the series, even though they lost in five. Um, that was a year in which I think a lot of Flame fans became diehards again simply because of number 13 and that goal was pretty much everything in a goal that you could have got coming up the ice with 19 seconds left rips it shelve over Frederick Anderson sends the game into OT and the Flames end up winning that game in OT so that was personally for me my favorite Johnny Gaudreau moment I don't know about you guys do you guys have a favorite Johnny Gaudreau moment and Tom I don't want to hear what you were saying before oh yeah I was gonna say before when he got uh rocked by Justin Hall last week Noted Norris winner, Justin Hall. Uh, but no, I like it's just such a, like you said, kind of a unexpected. Like, how did this kid make it? And now he's played 500 games. And what was it? He showed up for his first training camp, and he was eating a, or they put him on a peanut butter and jam sandwich diet or something like that. Because he was eating a lot of Skittles. Yeah, uh, the Mitch Marner special. And they wouldn't let him in the door because the security didn't believe he was actually an NHL player. No, that wasn't him. That wasn't Johnny Gaudreau. That was Johnny Gaudreau, was it no, not? No, that didn't happen. Really? His what? first game was in Vancouver, and that didn't happen. No, for training camp. Never happened with Johnny Gaudreau. I swear that was a thing. Anyways, well, <laughs> guess I don't have a moment. When he got rocked by Justin Hall. There we go. Wow, bastard. Thomas? Uh, my favorite moment probably uh, last week where Daryl Sutter called him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys are brutal today. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, probably the Anaheim Ducks one. That was a great moment. I was Obviously, the Leafs didn't make the playoffs, and following a Canadian team, that Vancouver-Calgary uh, series is pretty cool. And then he goes into the second round, and then Anaheim's obviously a way better team on paper. And oh, then yeah. Johnny Goudreau just rips on Freddie Anderson. They go to overtime. Backlund wins it in overtime, but... This guy just, at the size he is, he's like my height. And the guy can just whirl around like it's nothing, comes out of the breakout zone just like nothing. And he's one of the most skilled players in the National Hockey League. One of my favorite players, actually. So, yeah, he's he's an unbelievable talent. But that's probably my favorite, the Ducks uh, tying goal with 19 seconds left. Well, here's to Johnny Joe in 500 games. I'm hoping for 500 more. It'd be great if it was in a Flames uniform. Don't <laughs> think it's going to be. But um, if there's any members of the Joe family, we love you in Calgary. Um, hope you never leave, but um, that's a conversation for another day. Um, moving on, the Leafs and Flames, they both played um, 
two really mini series. We're not going to spend too much time on it. The Leafs went 1-0-1 against the Oilers. Uh, they dropped um, that game a few nights ago in overtime. Um, and the Flames, they went 1-2 against the Jets. Um, I don't know. I'll let you guys start it with you know your quick thoughts on that uh, two-game set with the Oilers. I won't get too into it. It was a it was a battle for first the entire series, and they come out in what the same situation that they were before. <laughs> yeah, they basically split it because um, of the overtimes. You put a little bit more distance between you and Winnipeg and Montreal or whoever is gonna finish in fourth. But at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. Um, they shut down McDavid and Drysaddle quite well as best as you can but man they're just <laughs> that is one dynamic duo and that was fun to watch even though uh results and goals against um but thomas if you have any other thoughts go for them but other than that i just want to say like i've really liked what galchenik has done so far i don't know about you but he had the one fantastic assist yeah. to Tavares through the legs and this is one of those things where like mm-hmm. if he he's realized this is his last chance and that he needs the Leafs more than the Leafs need him. However, if he can keep providing, this really takes a lot off Dubas's shoulders heading into the deadline when you might not necessarily need that top six winger that they've been so dead set on. I mean, I would still like it, and yeah. Galch would be fantastic insurance, but he's proven to me at least through four games that that's not necessarily the biggest need anymore. I'd love to know what you think, but... Yeah, yeah, no, he's definitely playing with the fire under his ass, for sure, because, obviously, like you said, last shot, basically, but I've, I've liked this game. It's not great. It's not unbelievable. It's not, like, eye-catching, but it's good. Um, Just first thoughts on that miniseries. Mike Smith was the Oilers' best player in that two-game series. I don't care what anyone says. He is oh, cl- turning the clock back to 2012 when he carried those Coyotes, known as the Phoenix Coyotes back then, to that conference final, but... He's been there. He was their best player in that two games. That Darnell Nurse was also good. He got the OT winner last uh, game they played. But I thought the Leafs like they haven't really looked any good to me. Obviously, in like the last few games since we talked, since they were really bad a couple weeks ago, and they haven't been playing really great. And then don't even get me started on that power play unit. It is just make a wish out there with Jumbo and Simmons <laughs> out there. Like it is, dude. It is. You have John Tavares making eleven million and Neilander making seven on your second power play unit doing nothing. And then your first one's not doing anything. So they've switched it now. They've loaded it up. I've seen the practice lines, I guess, from this morning skate and let's hopefully they use it against the Jets because you're gonna need it versus that top six because they're gonna score and hopefully we score and it's a tight game. But that two game side I'm not a fan of that, but I mean, can't complain when you get, what, three points out of those four possible points, right? So, yeah, I'm not complaining. Yeah, not too much to complain about. But, Russo, do you have anything to complain about in the Flames-Jets games? They weren't good. I mean, just straight up, Jacob Markstrom wasn't good enough. He got pulled again. That's, like, the fourth time he's been pulled this year. Like, had a really great start. I don't know what's happened. Maybe he's still battling an injury. Maybe... He's played too much. He's starting again tonight, which I find to be absolutely ridiculous. Like, why aren't you going to David Riddick tonight? I don't know. They haven't been good enough. Like, straight up, like Elias Lindholm, Matthew Kachuk haven't been good enough. Uh, Jordano and Anderson haven't been good enough. Sean Monaghan hasn't been good enough. The only guy I can really say he's been great is Johnny Gajero. It's the only guy I can, you know, maybe even Andrew Mangiapane. That's really it. At least he's last, at least in that series against the Jets, nothing really to say. I mean, they didn't play great. Like, they got one win, you know, then the last game, they maybe that Nate Thompson goal shouldn't have counted where it was a kick. And then who knows? You know, it, it doesn't really matter. 
I've said it. They're probably not making the playoffs. Probably better that they don't. I don't know what to do. Congrats on beating really, Sellers at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, like at this point, I feel like I'm just beating a, you know, I'm beating a dead horse. Just, I feel like I'm coming on here every week and saying the same thing. Get a winger for Johnny Gaudreau. He can't be Brett Ritchie. Like, you know, this guy gets injured and then they bring him back in and then they're yeah, scratching. I still don't get that. And then they're scratching Dylan Dubé for Joachim Nordstrom. Michael Stone and, as well. And Michael Michael fucking Stone is playing. Like, what is going on? <laughs> And you're and like I'm pretty sure if Tanev doesn't play doesn't play tonight, Stone's playing in the top four, and they're going to scratch Valamaki again. Um, you know I praised Daryl Sutter a lot when those first three games, but I don't want to blame coaching. I really don't because we called for coaching change. We called for it. We called for it, and then we got it. But you know it is what it is. I I don't want to spend too much time on it because I'm just going to say the same crap over and over. Um, they're not going to make the playoffs and. God damn, is Connor Bedard looking good out in Regina in his first 15-year-old year with the Pats? You know, two years down the line, hey, he'd be a nice little piece to build around. But um, that's all I really got. They weren't good enough, just straight up. And they play against the Canucks tonight. We'll see where it goes, you know. Um, yeah, that's all I really got. Um, a team that I do enjoy watching, though, and has been a lot of fun to watch these last few years, the Carolina Hurricanes. Because holy shit, are these guys on an absolute heater right now? Um, where are they in the standings? They've just been—they've been rolling though. The Hurricanes. They're third in the Central. That's what? No way. Well, they're—it's—it's it's a one point back. Of they have, Tampa. Yeah. They've played thirty-four games. Florida and Tampa have played thirty-six and thirty-five, they're, but they're yeah. one point back. Points per game. They I have the best. Guess they're first. Yeah. yeah. 23, uh, 8, and 3. Like, just in, they're 6, 2, and 2 in their last 10. This team, like, unbelievable. Yeah. They, this is a team I love watching, like, ever really since back the 2018 19 year where they, where they really broke out as a truly great team. These guys are so much fun to watch. They got some unbelievable players. I know, like, we talked at length about guys like Sebastian Ajo and Andre Svechnikov and Dougie Hamilton. A guy that I think is getting just really overlooked right now in Carolina. Not to Carolina fans. They know how great he is. Uh, Marty Natchez. Tom, you can take it away because I know uh, you're a big fan of this guy. Yeah, I've been a, a big fan of him since when he was drafted. A little bit of a funny story here. Uh, during the first round, like you can go in the concourse and you'll see a bunch of players. And... I go to the draft every year, or at least have tried to, and, you know, walk around, oh, meet Morgan Frost, you meet Miro Heiskanen, you get their signature, yada, yada, yada. Uh, at one point, we're just walking back to our seats, and we're going up the stairwell, and there's this kid crying, being cons- <laughs> just hugged by his mom, and he's just, you can't tell if he's just so sad, or what's going on, and then it turned out it was just Marty Nakash sitting in the stairwell, just so overjoyed that he was drafted. And uh, a little bit too awkward to go up to him in that moment, but <laughs> wish I wish I did like an hour or two later. But no, it's just I've loved him kind of since then, and just a little little bit in of a special player in my heart, I guess you could say. And he's just fantastic. It's it's great to see that he's finally made it, and um, he's really needed on that Hurricanes team. And quite honestly, I think he helps make them a much deeper team. Oh yeah, especially 100%. up front, especially down the middle. Uh, he's kind of that like number two, number three center that they needed. They got Trocheck and the Hurricanes he's been are great. 
the Hurricanes are a fantastic team, and they're a lot deeper in the middle than a lot of teams will give them credit for, or a lot of people will give them credit for, and that's on top of having arguably one of the best defensive cores in the league. Marty Natchez, just going back on him, 28 points in 31 games this year. Just He's the second highest scorer on the Hurricanes right now. Um, they're getting pretty decent goaltending too, all things considered. Peter Morazic's only played four games. Um, James Reimer's been good. He's been good. He's a 907. Alex Njelkovic, uh, guy they've been kind of waiting on. He's been having a pretty solid year. He's eight and three, 927 save percentage. You know they've been they've been rolling. They've been absolutely rolling. Um, Dougie Hamilton, he just came off a 14 game point streak. 14. Did games. it end? Yeah, it ended yep. their last game um, against I think it was the Lightning. Uh, but 27 points in 34 games for Dougie Hamilton. 107 shots on goal. The next closest hurricane is Andrei Svechnikov with 98. So he's beating a guy by almost 10, and he's a defenseman. Um, I don't think this is a team that gets talked about um, as much as they should be. They're a true contender, a true Stanley Cup contender. And if mm. this goaltending keeps up, their defense is their defense is great. Their defense is legitimately so. great. You, you don't think they, so, Thomas? They seem to get PTSD every time they play the Bruins. And they're going to have to I mean, run through that division. Eh, I think it's different. Their goaltending cannot carry, carry them. I'm sorry, Reimer is not the guy. Nadelkovic not the guy. They need a yeah. goalie. I'm, I'm Fair with Thomas on this. But... Like, as much as us Leaf fans love James Reimer, man, he's not the guy. No. Nope. He's not the guy. Not seven years later. Um, Nadelkovic, you're going to trust him? He hasn't played in the NHL for very long. Even and though so he that is, Matt Murray. yeah, but look where he is. Ooh, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I'm not saying he's like, has, but I'm not saying he has to be good for X many years. No. He just has to be good now. No. no, and I don't know how long Morazic's hurt for, but even still, that's not the guy where I look to, and I'm like, that's the guy that steals me the series. Yeah. He can be solid. He's not the guy, and I mean, you love the Avalanche. I had the same problem with that. Uh, I love Philip Grubauer. I don't know if he's necessarily the guy. Uh, you need somebody just... A lot of teams need somebody that's just absolutely Vesna-worthy. and Right. You just need a guy it. to get hot at the right time. Anton Kudobin got hot at the right time last year in the bubble. To be fair, Carolina has three. The, yeah, they have they three, three shots guys. at it. Yeah. They have three um, shots. What's his name? Like I said, Anton Kudobin got hot at the right time last year. And Jordan Bennington got hot at the right time two years ago for St. Louis. Am I saying one of these guys is going to do it? No. But I do think the team on paper, up front, on the back end, they're most definitely good enough. Yes. Like, they are a fantastic I've, team. Like, I've, yeah. pump, I've been pumping Andre Svechnikov's tires since his rookie year, and he's been fantastic for this team. And they've just, you know, they've added. Like, Vincent Trocek is like. He had a couple off years in Florida, and now, like, he gets put in a good situation. He's finally healthy. I think he's injured right now. But he's finally healthy, yes. and he's a point-per-game player. This team's scary. Like, just straight up, this is a really good team and really well-coached. Yeah, Rod Grimmore has done a fantastic job with this team. And, and Elliot Friedman, too. Yes, I was yep. about to say, Elliot yep. Friedman reported that he is. His contract is up, but it looks like they're coming towards an agreement, which is very good for Hurricanes fans. Because, man, the Hurricanes want to play for that guy. Oh that yeah, they want to run, want to run a through a wall team. for Rod Brindamore, man. Yeah. No, that is a because and they're still if, young too. Man, yeah, like that's the, a team that... young. I think Svechnikov's only twenty. Hamilton, they got they got they got a big off season with 
you know, Svechnikov's an RFA. Hamilton's a, Hamilton's yep. a UFA. All they the got goalies two, are done. Yeah, yep. they got a, they got a, they got a really big offseason coming. Um, I don't think they're gonna have an issue getting Hamilton back. I think this is a guy that he got pushed out of two markets. He got pushed out of Boston for whatever the reason was. He got pushed out of Calgary because for whatever reason he was too quiet. Museums. You know, whatever whatever the bullshit story was in Calgary. Um, it, he's finally in a market where the fans love him, the team loves him, and the organization loves him. And he's playing like a true superstar. I said at the beginning of the year, this is my best defenseman in the league. He's playing like it. Goddamn playing like it. Yeah, can I, I touch know. on something with Carolina? Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to ask if you wanted to add anything. Yeah, look, I don't really think they're not going to... I don't think they're staying pat at the deadline. I think they're going to acquire a top six forward that can help out. They kind of, It's a sort of a Leaf situation where they are not. They don't really have that consistent guy. Like, Fogel, I like him, but like he's not the guy at the, yeah, at that top line. Enough. Brock McGinn's not the guy either. But um, I think they acquire someone at the deadline. And then I just want to get back to the point where you said contender. I think we use that word way too much when a team's just hot. And, you know, I like the Carolina Hurricanes, but... For me, a contender is a team who do, who's had who's had done damage in the playoffs, like a Tampa, like a Bruins, like a Vegas, like, like you know what? I love Colorado. I, like, they're a contender, obviously, but they've not done anything in the playoffs where they told me, "Yeah, we're gonna go win a Stanley Cup this year." They've lost in what the second round so many times, in the first round so many times. Fair so, enough. but yeah, like they're a great team. They have a good shot at winning this cup, but. Yeah, like we'll we'll see what happens. I hopefully their goalies stay hot because that's they're gonna be their that's gonna be the thing they, they rely on with when if they, if they win or lose. So God, I hope they do it. <laughs> and I want and I want Dougie Hamilton to bring the cup to a goddamn museum <laughs> and and point the finger at Calgary and go f you Calgary. I hope he and does Boston that. for that matter. No, yeah. just to Calgary because the bullshit reason that he got pushed. Oh, museums, give you give you get go to museums, Dougie. You have to go to Moxie's. I hope the, it happens. I hope they the win. Phil Kessel special. Oh, oh my love, god. Dude, oh, it would hot be dogs. Amazing. Be so hot dogs good. front and John hot dogs. Wins the cup, fills with the god hot dogs. Damn, I love, I love Phil. I love Phil too. Yeah, I hope it happens. Honestly, like if there's a team like obviously the Flames aren't winning it. Uh, they're not making it. If there's a team that I'm going into the playoffs full on bandwagon for, it's Carolina. Yeah. I was I was hoping they would do it last year, but I think this year would be a little more fun if they did it. They've been And I know Thomas you said they're kind of just on a little bit of a heater, but well, it's been all year. <laughs> they've been on a heater all season long. A team that is not on a heater. They're on a heater in another way. <laughs> uh, the Buffalo Sabres, they lost their, was it 18? 18th 18, straight baby. hockey game? They've lo- they lost their 18th consecutive I hockey game. I do not think they have won a game since we started talking about how bad the Buffalo Sabres oh, are. How many times have we talked about the Sabres on this show? How many times? <laughs> Too much. And, and each time, and, it hasn't now, gotten better. <laughs> no, like you would think, oh, maybe they're turning it around. Um, they lost for 18th straight, and probably in the worst possible fashion. The other night to Philly, they're up 3 nothing. Everything's looking good. It looks like they're finally going to, you know, they're going to break the slump. And then Philly proceeds to um, run it back, score three goals, win in overtime. Uh, Ivan Provorov with the game winner, and there's an 18th straight. I know we've talked about Buffalo to extents on the show. Where do they go? What do they do? I don't know what the answer is. What in a game? Um, what in a yeah, damn I'm game? I'm just here to nice laugh to at this point, guys. But, but like... you know, I, honestly, I just I hope like this is bad that I'm gonna say I hope they lose another game because whatever. But man, uh, get Jack Eichel out. He's been out. Well, 
You yeah. think he's sitting there in the stands or wherever he is, like, I want to come back and play for this team. Yeah, man. Like, Not no, he's going to sit out the whole year. Yeah. He's Even done. if he's he, healthy. He's oh, done. well, I, yeah, he's probably done. He's not going to want to play. I, at least I don't think he would. Yeah, it's I been... wouldn't want to play with this, especially not <laughs> if they trade Taylor Hall like they think. Oh well, who's, imagine who are his line mates going to be? You see, who, they had like that Dia guy playing first line center, and it's like who? Who yeah, are you? Like, like <laughs> where are these guys coming from? Yeah, it's, it's the Pittsburgh special where like half the roster is just NHL twenty one made up names. It's just some dude. But like Pittsburghs are good. Buffalo has them on their top line, and you're yeah. like, how is this dude? They don't have, like, a right Jake now. Gensel where he's actually good, and yeah. they just throw him, and like, yeah, you can play with Eichel. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. Um, embarrassing, just embarrassing loss. I mean, at this point, I wonder if it's – I wonder how Sabres fans feel. Like, I wonder if it's, like, comical to them where, like, they're just laughing at this Oh, point. no, that's funny. Yeah, or, it's, if yeah, it's it's just, funny or if it's just, like, we've been going through this for so long, it's just eternal pain. Even their Twitter accounts just, like, I they feel so – Or, no – Philadelphia scored and they just tweeted the like the heartbreak emoji. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, it's just like another um, game. But if they lose tonight, they will have to wait until next year to win a game in March. Unreal. Now, Has it been two years now? They haven't done it since 2018. That's Unreal. pathetic. It's been three years. <laughs> like that's not even funny now. <laughs> like that's just sad. It, it basically confirms that every year in March they go on a massive losing streak. La- okay, yeah. last year. It's last a little year there different was a story thing. because they only played a few games, but oh my god, that's that's my favorite stat of the year is the Buffalo Sabres have not won a game in March since 2018. I don't yeah, just free Jack Eichel, free Jack Eichel. Yeah, I don't know. Even poor Rasmus Dali and even his numbers were taking a hit. He's gonna win the Masters this year. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna have the green jacket. Yeah, yeah. That's I think he's averaging a minus a game or something like that. Yeah, he's like, I minus, he's, like, he's like minus 30 in like 34 games, whatever it yeah, is. Like, <laughs> I don't think it's at a fault of his own. It's no, just no, no. like the team sucks. It's been coaching <laughs> and what can you do? It's like the part of the reason they ruined Rasmus Ristolainen was they asked him to be Defend. what he wasn't. And then they developed him as something that he wasn't. Yeah. And that just ruined him. Yeah. Like, they asked him to be this big defensive stalwart because he was big and tall. And then, he, man, he's just an offensive dude that likes <laughs> to shoot. <laughs> and they told him not to, and it really ruined him. Uh, I hope they don't do the same with Dalene, but just uh, anyways. Just for the record, minus 33 in 34 games for Rasmus Dalene. There we go. I know plus minus isn't the be-all and end-all, but when it's that, <laughs> yeah. I mean... Team has no goaltending either. That's the other problem, and the team around him is complete garb. You know, it's it, and even Rasmus Dali in RFA this summer. What if he just says like, "No, I don't want to sign." Good, good for him. Has anyone ever thought about that? Like, what if he just goes, "No, I'm not signing. Trade me." Could you imagine? What, what do you have to do if you're Buffalo? Like, you can't trade this guy. This guy's back to back forty point years, and as a rookie and a sophomore. Yeah. You know. Anyways, anyway. we can talk about a trade they did make. Yeah. Quick. Free Eric uh, Stoll, it happened. Which, I don't know if you watched his Zoom press conference. I did not. quarantine. He did not look thrilled to be there. <laughs> <laughs> he was not enjoying quarantine. No, he was not enjoying being there. Um, no, they traded Eric Stoll for a 2021 third and a 2021 fifth. Pretty this point. is, honestly, a lot lower value than I thought it was. Uh or thought it was going to be. 
Mm. And if you look at a third plus a fifth in a normal year, I think that's... I don't even think that's enough. But you get it in 2021 where your picks aren't worth as much. I'm not going to say it's a bad trade, but just for Montreal, they picked up a guy on... uh, Yeah, a guy that can help some decent value. I found it actually a little weird they got him. I didn't really think that's where they were going because he seems just in that middling tier of players that Montreal has of just... They're all good. None of them are really special, but none of them are really bad. And mm-hmm. you're just adding um, into that mix of 12, 13 forwards that they have. But hey, hopefully he can get out of quarantine, which ironically the entire Montreal Canadiens are in. Or not anymore. I think that ended yesterday. But uh, yeah, do you guys have any thoughts on that or should we move on? No, Thomas, I, I, I think like it's a pretty decent ad if you're Montreal, to be honest with you. I know maybe Eric Stahl isn't the player he was four years ago, but it's a guy, you know, last year with Minnesota, you know, 19 goals. You know, the year before that, 22. The year before that, 42. And the year before that, 28. This is still a good hockey player. And is he a first-line center? No, probably not. But if you throw him with, you know, Brendan Gallagher, throw him with Josh Anderson, Montreal's got some guys that maybe he can thrive with. This, As long as the quarantine didn't kill him, and, like, totally take him out of his mental or physical zone, whatever you want to call it, I think this is, can be a pretty decent ad for Montreal. If, if, if Stahl can get on, you know, if he can get on a heater a little bit, if he can get in a groove, he's a pretty good hockey player still. I know he's a little older. I know he's not, you know, whatever. But I don't know. I think it's a decent ad for a third and a fifth in a year where, Tom, you said draft picks aren't necessarily big because no one's playing. I think it's okay. Thomas, I see you laughing. I don't know why you're laughing, but... No, I'm laughing because Tom said that the quarantine stuff, he looked mad. I'm pretty sure he's more happy there than in Buffalo, no? Oh, 100%. (laughs) He's He's happy in quarantine. That's a good one. But like, Russo, you said, oh, what about his conditioning in quarantine? Man, and then Montreal Canadiens buy him a fucking Peloton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, but on the trade, though, like, it's actually a good price, like... I was surprised yeah. like, when I saw that and I saw no second round pick because like, probably in a normal year, Tommy, you're right, it's probably a second round pick just straight up for Stahl. And I think the Montreal Canadiens have a pl- like a lot of picks. They have a and ton I'm pretty of sure, picks. I'm pretty sure they had two thirds and two fifths or something like that. So just trading them away and you still have those picks with you. <laughs> this is pretty right. damn, they pretty didn't damn even, good. Buffalo didn't even get the better of the picks. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's actually really stupid. They have their own first. They have their own second, Tampa second. They have Chicago's third, Washington's third. Um, they have their own fourth, St. Louis's fourth, Vegas's fourth, and they have Ottawa's fifth, Philly's fifth, and their own sixth, their own seventh. They're still loaded on picks, loaded. So like they're for Montreal, it's like ah, we need a good low risk, guy. high reward, I guess. Ex- Stall, exactly. Stalls yeah. get some game. He's got some yeah. game at thirty-seven. He's a, po- he's a good player, man. Like. I don't know. Everyone on Buffalo. I wanted him. I wanted him, and hell, if that was the price, I would have paid that. But my only worry for Buffalo is like, how many scouts? They they just released like a a bunch of people again. Yeah, they fired more. They didn't have any to begin with, and they 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 have like they have like six scouts. No one's playing. (laughs) Buffalo was already notoriously bad drafting team. It's just gonna get worse. Like, especially to this... that time they drafted Jack Quinn. Oh. <laughs> oh, when they didn't even take the best Ottawa 67. 
Marco Rossi was just sitting there, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like it for Montreal. It's fine for Buffalo if you can hit on one of the picks, but with Buffalo's history, I don't see yeah, it happening. Don't see it happen, yeah. Um, in other news, this one sucks because this guy was having an absolutely terrific year for a team that's having an unbelievable run. Um, Aaron Ekblad, season-ending injury, uh, broken. It was a broken leg, I think. Yeah, a multitude yeah, of things. It's a yeah. lot of stuff. Um, he's done for the year, and this is a massive, massive blow um, to the Panthers, who, like I said, they've been having an unbelievable year. These guys are they're second in their they're tied for first in their division. They're twenty three nine and four, and they lose their best defenseman to an injury, and it really sucks. And I hope this doesn't impact Ekblad's. Um, I hope this is, doesn't impact his Olympic chances. Yeah, because that's a guy who should definitely be not only in consideration, but he should probably be one of the guys that's penciled in on the squad. Um, I really hope this doesn't ruin his chances. But they haven't come out and said that it could be going into next year. They said he's there hasn't been any word on that yet. So I hope it's nothing. Like it already sucks. He's missing the whole year and. When I saw that injury, it reminded me a lot of what happened to Dougie Hamilton a year ago. When um, did Hamilton's yeah. injury happen? January or February? It happened in January. I remember I was at when the Flames were in Toronto. I remember I was at that game in January when it happened, and I was just seven months. Was, and I was just sad in the crowd. And then pandemic happened, and uh, he was back for the playoffs. But yeah, I I imagine he's going to be at least he might miss a little of next year. Yeah. I don't know, but it sucks. It, I don't know. It Thoughts? yeah, it really sucks. He he really got or finally got to that point where everybody expected him to get to coming out of the draft and just he was putting up a fantastic season and was finally getting that recognition and just man, halfway through the year gone. Didn't and Florida's he... in a fantastic position yeah. to make a run too. And didn't he win the Calder over Johnny Gaudreau? Uh, Mark, yes, yeah. I was about to say he Mark did. Stone, but yeah, Aaron Eckblad. He was yeah. called yep. the winner, yep. Yeah, he's yep. having a great year. Like, honestly, yeah. like, Norris conversation, everything. And hats off to Joel Quenville for kind of fixing his game over the last two years because he's been in the consideration. Even last year he was, and that's with Joel Quenville at the helm. So hats off to him. But I'm going to say at least minimum eight months. It's just, yeah. You he's, cannot, um, like, rush that. What I'm seeing is 12 weeks... Uh, for the left leg fracture. It's not a leg left leg left leg fracture though. Is that's what that's what I'm seeing. I'm on uh the Panthers thing right now and that's what um was given. It was twelve weeks left leg fracture. Don't we don't know if it's him. more, but yeah. it looks like that's so if you're twelve weeks, should be back for next season. But hopefully it's hopefully it's nothing more because that would be absolutely terrible. He's been having a great year, like you know, and that, and we're gonna learn a lot about Mackenzie Weaker over yes. the next few months. We're gonna learn a lot about, you know, I know yep. there's a lot of people that love him. Uh, I know he's put up some fantastic numbers. Um, we're gonna learn a lot to see what he can do in being thrusted into kind of a first pairing role. Anton Strawman's probably getting back in the lineup after being waived. Right. I know Thomas. That's something you had uh, you had said when it happened. So yeah, they're gonna need him back. <laughs> yeah, they're going to. Um, but all the best, Aaron Eckblad. I hope you know this isn't. Uh, I hope this isn't something that's going to derail career altering. Yeah, like because we've seen guys not be able to recover from leg injuries, and hopefully he can. You know. Uh, but another defenseman that I think we should just 
quickly touch on Shane Gossespear. Noted um, Calder finalist back in 2016. He was waived yesterday and cleared waivers today. Um, so that shocked a lot of people. Not to me. Not the, the putting being put on waivers part a little bit, not being claimed. I'm not not shocked. Um, at least I heard it was because the Flyers are trying to move cap space for a deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is part of what it's for. Um, and ironically, it was coming off of that Buffalo game where they came <laughs> back, correct? Yeah. And we saw all the tweets of. They just, for whatever reason, had five players in front of their own crease. So, <laughs> look who's on the ice. And then they, they let, oh, I forget who on Buffalo walked in and uh It might have been Colin Miller? I th- yes. I think uh, so. Or yeah. Henry Yokiharu, I don't know. Yokiharu. Oh, it was Yokiharu. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Yokiharu goal. And just how bad this team was defensively. And, like, Gustav Bear has been up there, and he's been one where a lot of people have been wary of him for a while. Uh... But it sounds like it's it's for like cap reasons and not necessarily he's been that bad. Even yeah, though it's basically been. it's basically so you can move him up yes. and down between the NHL squad and the taxi squad, yeah. and then you can save a little bit of money um, towards the cap there. It's basically what the Flames have been doing with Derek Ryan, where yeah. they're putting him on the taxi squad so they can save X amount of dollars when right. he's there. So if a move has to be made, they're able to move that money down to the taxi squad. Um, so that they can use that cap space. It's not to say Shane Gossesper is going anywhere. I don't know if anyone's going to take him. See, what I will, what I I will say about Ghost is that... In a normal a year, lo- somebody there, takes him. Oh, 100%. If this guy gets waived in a normal year, probably. Like, I'm I'm totally shocked that not even Buffalo took a waiver on him. Like, uh, I don't know if they have the... They may not even have the cap space. Uh, no, they don't. But well, how much does Ghost make? 4.8? 4.5. For so three is, more years. Yeah. And there's really not many teams that could have taken it. It's not even bad, though. Uh, LA. Basically, Detroit, New Jersey, Ottawa, and LA all could have taken it. How about a team like the guy who just got injured, Ekblad? And Ooh. that would have been the reunion in South Florida. And that's what a lot of people thought. But, yeah, money's tight, man. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Is he on most teams? Is he one of the six best defensemen? Of course, you know he's got yeah. pretty good offensive abilities. His defensive game isn't as strong as maybe people would want it to be. Um, but I didn't, you know, with the cap the way it is, I'm not surprised he didn't get picked up. You know, should have should have a team taken a waiver on him? Yeah, potentially. But um, I didn't really see a situation <laughs> which anyone was going to grab him. Um, I saw Phil- a tweet. Hey, I saw a tweet that like. With all the waiver guys that have been on waivers this year, you could make an all-star team. Probably could, honestly. <laughs> you could make a pretty decent team of waiver yeah. guys. Man, t- you could put I'm a actually, team better than Buffalo. Like Tyler Adam, Johnson, Shane Gostaspear. Adam Henrique. Adam Henrique. James Jason, Neal, I guess. Yeah, James Neal, Jason Spezza. All the Leafs. You can make, make a pretty decent team, man. <laughs> you can't. We Tell should do that. that team doesn't We should do that. We should find Buffalo. all the players that have been on waivers this year and just make an all-star team. Follow us <laughs> on Instagram for oh, that. I'll come back next show. I'll have an all-waiver team. Let's do Good. it. I, I think do we it. should. That'd we'll post great. it on our Instagram, on our Twitter. Twitter. I'll have the yeah, all-waiver team. S- I bet they would be a pretty decent team. Like, like I hope they beat though. Buffalo. Yeah, like Tom said. Yeah, they, they beat, beat Buffalo. Buffalo, probably. With all those guys, <laughs> hell yeah. There's some good, like Oliver Shillington was thrown on waivers. He can play. You know, like, they're, yeah, man. That, that's a good idea. I like that. Can yeah. they outperform the Buffalo Sabres this year? 
probably Buffalo has six wins so far. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how those go. That's nuts, man. Oh, my God. The more we uh, just talk about Buffalo, the more, like, it's just depressing. You just do that reaction like you just did. Just shake your head. Yeah, <laughs> like, you just got to laugh at this point. Yeah. Uh, we we okay to move any... on to something else we can laugh at? Yeah, yeah something laughable, you, yeah. Did you guys see the Eric Carlson Zoom call? Yes. That was hilarious. Like, the Car- Carlson's, like, response was just so, like, cold. And if you guys... Eating this. an apple too. Yeah, he was just like chilling. That topped it. He um, just leaning so back, eating an apple. Basically, if you guys missed it, Eric Carlson had a pretty good night the other night. I think it was against Minnesota. He had that clapper in the shootout. Uh, basically, he's sitting in the press conference. Eric Carlson's been having a tough year, as of all San Jose has, and he hasn't particularly looked happy. They're the poor guy. I mean, his fault for I guess poor guy. There. I mean, he's in a his, his, his fault yeah. for um, signing there long term. Um, but basically, he was sitting there in the press conference. He's eating his apple. He's having a good time. Reporter asked him, hey, Eric, you had two goals or a goal and two assists. I don't know which way it was. Was this your best offensive performance of your career? And he basically looks him dead in the eye and says, not even close. Next question. Eats the apple. <laughs> See, yeah. you missed a very important part of that. Which was? Hey, Eric, you had two goals, yada, 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 and one in the shootout. That's basically a hat trick. Was this your best offensive performance oh, of your career? Oh, Jesus. And as a lot of you guys know, hockey players hate when that third goal is in the shootout and people refer to it as a hat trick because it is absolutely not. I don't know. That response that's why really... that I think that's why he was short with him. Of not the, oh, was it your best offensive performance? Well, even you can answer but... that of like, I felt good tonight, yada, yada, looking forward to the next game. But you add in the, hey, how about that hat trick in the shootout, man? It was pretty sick. But also, like, wow. I don't... Maybe Carlson's like, have you watched me play? Ever? Mm-hmm. Is this the first time you've ever seen me play hockey? Like, no, it was definitely not his best offensive performance. Did you guys watch any of his games in Ottawa? That playoff you, run you, was you, you can take any one of those games out of the playoff run. What was it, like 17 games, 18 games? Yeah. Take any of yeah. those, probably better. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it was funny, though. I love that. That was great. EK. Now, last thing before we can get into our player of the weeks. Uh, Connor McDavid, did you guys see the hit last night on mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Now, he was fined $5,000, the maximal, the maximum allowable under the CBA, which for Connor McDavid, oh no, wow, <laughs> so much money lost. Uh, what do you guys think of it? Because personally, I thought that was a very suspendable hit and if that's anybody else the book is thrown at them for two games and two games is just my George Perro spin the wheel of two games <laughs> but what do you guys think of it because I fully thought that was suspendable flying elbow right to the head isn't that the hit we're trying to eliminate I don't care if it's Connor McDavid I don't and care like, out of the play too it, like, had it, no... was, it was a late like he takes a good extra stride to get the cock in the Emmy and then waits and then throws the elbow at him. Did he get interviewed after the game for it? I, I didn't no see clue. anything. Well, I, no, I don't sure. think so. It's not like any of the reporters at Edmonton would have the balls to do it anyway. Oh, no, 100%. What's, no, who's gonna ask going to ask Jim Matheson? <laughs> no. NHL by Matheson. No one's going up to I'm pretty sure Matheson said it was a clean hit anyways. <laughs> oh He's like, oh, God. yeah. We should ask, keep asking guys about jersey numbers, Jim. Um, okay. Yeah, go over so you say. No, it's just like it's a flying elbow to the head. And like, if this is, I I hate that I have to keep saying his name because it's going to get old at this point. 
if Matthew Kachuk throws his hit, everyone's calling for his head. Every single person in the hockey world is going to watch that hit and go suspend him for life. What a dirty player. He's worse than Matt Cook. He's Tom Wilson 2.0. Why, like, why aren't, like, I know it's Connor. And I know he's the NHL's golden boy. I love him. I think he's awesome. Best player in the world. Not even close. But, like, he, this, and it's not like, oh, they would never suspend Connor McDavid. He's been suspended. Nick he was suspended right, yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Why, why are we giving him a free pass here? Why? If it comes tr- back to George Paris, man. Yeah, like, and if you're trying to eliminate hits to the head, if that's what you're trying to do, why are we letting this go? Was there a penalty on the play? He got two minutes for interference is what I think he got. Not even hit to the head. Interference. Yeah. You could have given him, like, three penalties on that play. You could have given him elbowing, hit to the head, and interference if you really wanted to. Charging, maybe. Maybe. He didn't let up. I don't he know. He took a couple strides as well. Like, yeah. And I saw Sid Sixero. God bless Sid Sixero. I love that guy. But he said, with for all the crap Connor McTavid takes, I'm okay with him throwing an elbow every once in a while. Okay, but huh? that's a penalty. Uh, like, no, how about don't throw dirty hits? Yeah, do we want to get back to the whole point of, like, let the refs call the game properly? Exactly. Or make them? Because, mm-hmm. like, every game, Connor McDavid should draw two, three penalties. Of, oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, against the Leafs, and, there yeah, were a few. Like, there was, the one there was so many times noted Norris winner Justin Hall just stopped him in his tracks with arguably a little bit of interference. If you and Jake Muzzin did the same thing. Yeah, like, there's just... So many times where players, because you have to, because he's so good, just go a little bit do something outside illegal of the rule book to get to to take him to take him down. And I'm not saying you know injure him, but I'm saying no. like sometimes you have to hold him, sometimes you have to trip him, sometimes you have to hook him. He's the fastest player the NHL has ever seen. He's probably the best player the NHL has ever seen. I'll stand by that. You have to I do something do. illegal sometimes, but if that results in Connor going, well, screw it, I'm gonna. Rowing elbow at someone. No, you know I, I don't get it. I don't get how the NHL looks at this and go, "Yeah, we can just find him." Yeah, fine. It's like, I'm, it's starting, like the, it's like I'm the, really starting to wonder like what's going through the refs' head since Tim Peel got fired. Because man, every game has an the, equal amount of penalties. There was the there was a thing against the Leafs where Eric Furlap like grabbed his mic. It's like mm-hmm. come that, on, man. Come that, on. I think we talked about that last. No, episode. it happened after no, the Tim yeah, Peel thing. Okay. So yeah, like, about, you like, grab your mic. On. Like, man, what do you... Stop trying to hide stuff. And you know it was him saying to Simmons, like, I know that's a penalty. I can't call that. Because how do you defend that that's not a trip? No. Um, the Buffalo... Or the Boston-New Jersey game. Oh, my, just Jack Edwards was losing his crazy. damn mind. Like, <laughs> I don't like Jack Edwards, and he's a little biased. Man, that was a horribly wrapped game that ended equal. Pavel Zaka trips him right in front of the ref. But because Boston's already on the power play, they don't call it. Yeah. Yeah. And Jack Edwards was right. He takes a lot of crap. He was 100% right. Called what was the other one the other day, guys? I, I can't remember. Was it Dreisaitl? On, uh... Yes, it was Dreisaitl. The cross jack. What, who did he hit? Marner. Oh, Yamamoto and Marner. I thought it was Yamamoto, sorry. Yamamoto hit Marner. But then there was even one, I think Drysaddle, like, uh, cross-check Kerfoot right in front of the bench. Yeah. But even that like, one by Yamamoto, it's like... That Yamamoto one, I'm like... He's low-key greasy, man. Yamamoto? Yeah. Low-key greasy he, player. He's pretty feisty. No, but, like, he is. that's the one on Marner where 
like Brandon the Zaka trip is okay. That's a trip. Call mm-hmm. it. Uh, the Simmons behind the net. That's a trip. Call it. The Yamamoto on one on Marner. Man, you have to call that. It was that's, a trip. Like, Marner was already falling, and then he goes, "Oh, I'm gonna cross check him too." That's <laughs> le- like legitimately dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a trip in open ice. That's like the difference between Marner stumbling and getting back up and whatever. Or him going face first in the, into the boards horizontally because he was cross-checked. I've never gotten this, though, but, like, it's just weird. Like, does a player have to get injured for them to be a penalty? Like, really now? Are we getting to that point? Because it seems to me that if Marner gets injured, that's, like, a five-minute, right? Does oh, easily. Or? I've seen yeah. worse. Oh. Where, like, if he's injured, they don't even, like, they're like, I, I just injured. I don't know. Yeah, okay, you tell me Cockney and is injured out for the rest of the game. Do they... Does Connor McDavid get a little bit more? No. I think so. I don't think so. I think he does. He got Absolutely. two minutes for interference. I don't think they're calling shit. I don't think <laughs> it so. It was to the refs, like, benefit on the Connor McDavid thing. If they it was to, so but... far out of the play, they weren't looking at it. Which is I will, Or it's in the corner of their eye. I will give them the benefit of the doubt there. But it was at center ice. It's at center ice, but the puck's not at center ice. The play is somewhere. Right. But it was, you're it was telling me one of those play. two guys, there's one on either end, didn't see it. Bullshit. Bullshit. Give it's me a break. Not it was right there. Really... It's, but, but here's the thing. It's not like it's behind the play. The play is still going the same way. There's a ref behind the play. You're telling me he didn't see that? Bullshit. Give me a break. Okay, so let's go around here. What's the thing? What's the supplementary discipline you wanted for Conor McDavid? Sure, two you first. Hit to the head. Two games. I don't care if it's Connor. Three. I don't want two games. I want no more two games. Oh, I agree. But if it's Connor and we know the league, I thought it would have been two. I don't know. Thomas? Yeah. I thought one, honestly, guys. Yeah, one. Like Like, we're not we're not suspending Connor McDade three games for that. No, we've seen worse. Come on. Fair enough. I'm I'm more on the Yeah, okay. I'll I'll give you one. And I also want the price to be raised on these stupid fines. Five (laughs) five five K makes twelve sheets. Five Ks. What's nothing. the what's the MLBs or not MLBs NBAs fifty thousand? Yeah, but they also make a max. trillion more dollars than the NHL. Like a bench but... player, a bench player makes yeah. more than Connor. Uh, not Connor. Yeah, a bench player makes more than Crosby, which yeah. is stupid. Like, I mean, man, make it proportional to your salary. Right. Exactly. That's, That's what, I think like, what even like do, yeah. we, even going back like the thing the the Ovechkin spear earlier this year where he got Trent Frederick right in, you know, the, the sweet spot. That was probably suspension worthy. Yeah. You yeah know, I'll give you that. I, I don't I think they're afraid to suspend their stars. I'm like, do I want to see do I want to see like am I sitting here going, I want to see Connor McDavid suspended? No. No. I don't care that he plays on Edmonton. I love watching Connor McDavid play hockey. I don't want him out. But at the same time, if if you're setting the standard right there for that kind of hit. You're not. You're basically saying it's okay. You can do this. You're basically saying to Tom Wilson, "Hey, if you want to do this, go ahead and do it." Basically, yeah. I mean, See, Wilson gets suspended will... because it's Tom Wilson. But you okay, know what I mean. Counterpoint to what you said of you want Connor McDavid in the game, and you don't want to have that kind of thing in the game because you want to keep him in it, and you don't want him suspended, or if he's on the other side of it, you don't want him hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? He did it on Jesperi Cochran and Yemi. Good player. Important player to the Habs. Rising star. Pretty good player. Budding star. Uh, you might even say, right? It's yeah. not like he's not nobody. He's, he's quite good. Pretty good player. What if he takes out Cockney and Yemi? 
sure, he's Connor McDavid, and he's the best player in the world, you're still taking out another star. Mm -hmm. It's star on star, and you got to eliminate it before it happens, because odds are, Kakaniemi, if he was hurt and has a concussion, is out for way longer than a one or two games of suspension on Connor McDavid. So you just got to think of it from, overall, what's your benefit of having your stars in your game? And if you throw the book at them, it discourages it for other players, and then you have more overall stardom in the game. Because guess what? They're not getting run at. Yeah. They're not getting hurt. Hey, and look, man, I am totally cool with Connor McDavid playing aggressive. If he wants to go out there and throw some hits, hey, Connor, you do you, man. Do it. Stand up do for yourself clean. every now. Yeah. If he go, if that hit on Kotkaniemi is shoulder to chest and he just buried him, good hit. That's fine. That's cool. Do that. But the elbow? Mm-mm-mm. No, can't do that. Can't do it. I don't know. And like, it's not like we're sitting here, and it's not like this is Tom Wilson, where it's like, ah, 5K fine. That's not going to teach him anything. Connor's not <laughs> going to do this next game. I mean, ne- he may never do this again. And I know like the one on Letty, he just kind of got him in a bad spot. The one yesterday seemed intentional. Maybe, okay, maybe not intentional, but he knew what he was doing. Where it's like, I'm going to go elbow first into this guy. Connor knows better than that. I would mm-hmm. have to, I would I believe he would know better than that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's refing like I know we talked about last week where it's like, oh, like is the NHL officiating the worst in all pro sports? And you made the argument, mm, no. But then we watched this past week happen with Eric Eric Furlap, you know, covering his mic. We saw all those plays in the in the Leaf series with the Yamamoto thing. There's this Connor McDavid hit. Um even just straight up like that, you know, Nate Thompson scores that goal against the Flames where he clearly kicked it and they still called it a goal. The officiating's awful and like they gotta do something about that. And I wonder if that gets addressed this offseason, just with all the, the shit that's been happening. I would wonder, maybe is there gonna be something. It'll be an off season thing. They won't Yeah, they're not gonna do it, it mid season. They never will. Yeah. They won't admit it and then in the off season they can hope yeah. people forget. Yeah. Um I really hope there comes a day where we don't have to talk about officiating on end, but Never it's always going to be there. It is what it is. Moving on, we're going to go right to our players of the week. I'll start with you, Thomas. Um, you got someone from the Nashville Predators who has been finally, finally yes. getting his footing in the NHL. A guy I know Tom loves because he's from Finland. But mm-hmm. um, Thomas, you got to love this guy. Yeah, I mean, Eli Tolvanen just... Is he is he really taking Nashville out of the seller's market right now? <laughs> Just he, by himself? Yeah, Cal Yarncroke and Philip Forsberg are going nowhere. Cause of yeah, and well, Philip Forsberg is actually week to week right now. But talking about Tolvanen, uh, six-game point streak for the young guy, man. Nine points in six games, four power play assists, one power play goal, two game winning goals. What this guy's doing, I've been watching him. Obviously, I have on my fantasy team. I picked him up, but like not even for that reason. Just like, when was he going to break out? Was this the year? He's playing himself in the Calder conversation. Kaprasov's pr- probably got it locked up, but he's playing in that conversation right now. So this guy, I, I was waiting for this guy, always in NHL, like 19, 20, 21. He's always been that elite thing. He's goes to like an 88. I'm like, can we actually see the day where this actually is going to happen? So he's trending to that direction right now. I think he has about 20 points and something games. So he's been Nashville's best player this year. So uh, Eli Tolvanen is my guaranteed player of the week this yeah. week just real quick before you go to him i just wanted to quickly mention on tolvin and this was a guy that was so highly sought after um yeah. and then he dropped in the draft all the way to 30th in 2017 he falls right to nashville 
And it was like, holy crap, Nashville got a steal. And then he lights it up in the Finnish league uh, the next for the next two years. Gets his shot in the NHL, doesn't really do anything with it. And it's like, I remember there was a conversation in Nashville. It's like, is this guy ever going to get his footing in the NHL? Can he play in this league? I'm He's really good, and I'm happy that he's kind of getting that spotlight now. So, um, Tom, who do you got? All right. I got, it's a little bit off the board here, uh, Winnipeg Jets defenseman of all players. Now, I'm going with this guy, not because of what he's done on the ice. But it's because, just because of, you were paid $10 to do it. I was not going to mention that. I was going <laughs> to say it's because I have a dear friend who loves Logan Stanley. And They're probably about the same size. They are probably about the same size, and that's part of it because Logan Stanley's height did not cater well to his development making it to the NHL. And a lot of people did not think he would make it to the NHL. Lo and behold, the Winnipeg Jets need a defenseman. Josh Josh Morrissey's not doing too well. Um, And they just call Logan Stanley up. It's been a long time coming. And you know what? He scored his first NHL goal. He looked good, man. Quite honestly, he has looked good. He's looked good in those three games, man. He's feisty as hell. Look good. Uh, this week he's also been a plus four, which is good actually, quite good. Four or seven hits, which is very good. Four blocks and nine shots. Quite honestly, I was looking at that stat line when I was forced to write about or forced to talk about Logan Stanley and <laughs> not think it was that good. And I thought this would be a lot harder than it was. But you know what, Logan Stanley, one goal, he made the NHL player <laughs> player of the week for me. Yeah, it was supposed Russo. it was supposed to Going be another right cred. It was suppo- Tom was supposed to t- take uh, Rocco Grimaldi because he had that four yes. goal game, but yes, um, he was uh, <laughs> he was bribed into taking Logan Stanley. So I, that's I wasn't fine. bribed. Ten dollars just showed up in my account, and mm-hmm. then I got a text, and it was like, "Hey, talk about this." Then, <laughs> um, you know what? Um, it was worth the. $10. He's a good Thank though. You. I'll give him that. He was he was a guy that I don't really think people thought would make it. Maybe too big. Skating wasn't there, but no, he's a good. I pre- I, uh, I really wanted to talk about Rocco Grimaldi, man. He's he had good. Four I... goals. He followed up Andrew Cop's four goal performance two nights later, one. and I texted you guys and was like, That's "There's my, my player of the week." Um, unfortunately, that was changed, but hey, Logan Stanley, it's player okay. of my week. Russo, go right ahead. Um, for me, um, I'm taking a guy from the New York Rangers who is really making a statement this year. You can arguably probably say he's a top ten defenseman in the NHL. Um, I'm going with Adam Fox, uh, noted Flames legend Adam Fox. One goal, eight assists, nine points this week. He had that absolute banger of a goal last night um, where he he had that unreal pickup and then ripped a backhand shelf. Um, He's been an absolute monster uh, for the Rangers, not only this week, but all year, 30 points in 34 games this year. Um, Just an absolute beast this year for the Rangers. He's been awesome defensively he's chipped in offensively like i said 30 points 34 games um he's been fantastic and rangers fans i know they love him to death um and i know there's maybe some people that don't know how good adam fox really is but he's making i know thomas earlier when we did our defenseman rankings i know you said a guy to look out for was adam fox um yeah he's looking pretty pretty damn good um god I wish Kyrie was able to sign him. 
Yeah, he dude, he's fourth on in scoring on the Rangers. Unbelievable. So good. And the next defenseman is Lindgren, who's like eighth or something, which is yeah. actually pretty good too. But he's, yeah, yeah, he's but dude, unreal. So Not like unreal. his skating ability, he can shoot yeah. the puck. And like he can actually defend, which like in these kind of new age defensemen, we don't maybe see their defensive game come along as quickly. He's been a force. And he's he's the Rangers' best defenseman by far. Not even close. You know, hopefully Keandre Miller can be that good. Um, but he's just unbelievable. So good. So damn good. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Do you guys have any final thoughts or anything you guys want to add? Or is that kind of it? No, just there's the Leafs-Jets game tonight. Uh, for the third straight game, we might possibly have a new leader in the Canadian division. We got Flames-Canucks. There was a little bit of uh, worry that because Adam Gaudet's on COVID protocol. That's right. Yeah. Um, so oh, there yeah. was all like, "Oh, our game's gonna get postponed." It didn't. I was kind of hoping it would, so I wouldn't have to watch the game tonight. Uh, <laughs> but I got uh, games at ten thirty, so that's just great. Um, luckily, I don't work till one tomorrow. Uh, but anyway, that's gonna wrap it up for this one. Uh, as always, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, YouTube at the Burning Leaf Pod. Uh, and we will see you guys next week. Have a good one.